Hello, good evening, and welcome to the latest episode of La Magicast. I'm your host, Scott Munro. Welcome to episode 195 this evening. We'll be going through the emotional roller coaster of last night, Thursday night, uh, where Roma defeated Feyenoord 4 1 after extra time, winning 4 2 on aggregate and qualifying, qualifying, advancing to the semi finals of the Europa League, whatever we're facing. Bayer Leverkusen. Um, with me tonight, I have Joey. Joey, how are you? <laughs> oh, I'm uh, excited, happy, emotionally drained, everything all at once. Scott, how are you feeling after yesterday? Um, yesterday was a long day. Um, I missed the first 35 minutes because I was stuck on a train. I could have got home earlier. My rant about British transport might come out later. But um, I managed to watch after 35 minutes and then the rest of the game. I watched the first 35 minutes this morning. I was going to re-watch the whole game, but I physically couldn't <laughs> not I couldn't go through it again but no it was a it was um an emotional roller coaster you're up you're down after Pachau scored and then you're up again after Dabala scores what a goal that was by the way uh the touch the goal um Rosa um messaged me saying she went miles it went ballistic in the in the curve of after that goal um, then he got the goals and added in extra time. The Al Sharari goal was the killer and the clincher. Um, we messaged each other yesterday. Um, we'll go into into this in more detail. Um, that Dabala goal pretty much killed final, didn't it? It pretty much they didn't want extra time. We got it in extra time. Got the two goals. Um, yeah, another amazing victory in Europe. Um, Roma proving everyone wrong. I think proving even our own supporters wrong, saying that last week the tie was over. Don't see Roma winning this. Yeah, well, look at the result. Yeah, four-one. I'm, I'm shattered, but I'm, I'm so ecstatic. I'm buzzing. I can't wait for Monday now um, against Atalanta. Um, we've got so much to talk about. I've probably rattled on for a little bit longer than I should but how are you feeling just drained <laughs> just tired a wreck oh all of that together the the whole game just symbolized what Roma really are and what we always go through with the highs and the lows but you know this team never stops believing and you know I've I've believed that as each game passes on with the team and Mourinho because uh, in the past, when Roma were down, I I would think they wouldn't come back. After Pachau scored that goal in the 79th minute, old Roma would have never came back. Mm-hmm. But when you got certain players on the team, like uh, Paulo, Mr. Uh, Mr. Paulo Dybala, and other just warriors on the pitch, it just, it always gives you that belief. And uh, that's... That plus the excitement, and then you know, it goes into 120 minutes. But that belief just it uh, it goes through all of Roma fans. It goes through the team itself, through the coach, and really, and they end up pull off pull it off. And 
the emotions between the game. Uh, I'll tell you, Scott, for Paulo Dybala, I don't think I've ever felt em- emotions towards another man like I do for, <laughs> for Paulo. So it just he he makes me feel things that I I like. I said for another male, never felt before. So he just gets me off my feet, makes me want to watch them all the time play every single day if I could. Uh, just what a wonderful player! Just being able to to be the the guy at the right moment to save Roma. I mean, that's what your stars do. So he, even half fit, he pulled off a goal like that. That that touch for the goal, it was extraordinary. It's ridiculous. ridiculous. Yeah. It is utter ridiculous. Just the even, control to get around the the final defender and then to lash it past Justin Bilo. Unbelievable. And then Bailo pulls off another save off Dybala. I thought that was going in and added in added time. time. Yeah. Oh. That's right. He made he made a great save, but Paulo was there. I mean, that was a great flick from Tammy too to get that uh to get that part of it. Even the shot, uh Scott, I don't know if a lot of people would mention the the turn was the best part, obviously. Mm. It was wonderful. But when you're when he's shooting, and it's very hard to do when when you're shooting while you're on the floor, going to the floor, he didn't have to just put it on target. He he actually elevated it because if he left it on the ground, which a lot of strikers, you know, not tend to do, but it's it's hard to elevate like the way he had to shoot the ball. He elevated over the defender trying to block it. I mean, and when you see the that angle of the replay, it's just like wow, that this guy's such a great player. I mean, he is the biggest piece to for me to Roma, but he isn't the only one, right? So uh, we saw the importance of having Smalling when he got off, uh, you know, yes, get to yes. that part in the game. Yeah. So, but man, what a player, Dybala, just what a team effort. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I don't want to give too much details until we get to the review part, but uh, yeah, emotionally I felt everything yesterday and I'm I'm just glad it ended up being, you know, a happy result and Roma going through. Yeah, me too. Um, we'll, we'll talk about the game. It was a very good fast start from Roman. Then it got very cagey. Then the incident between Fotti and Jimenez happened, which I would say was handbags at best. Jimenez um, didn't have the best of games. To be honest, he didn't really have the best of two ties against Roman. He's um, he's done well in Holland for final this season. His night didn't end well after um, a rash challenge on Gianluca Mancini, which Mancini was quite lucky and he and he brushed it off. But first half was very cagey. We had the injury to Jeannie Vinaldum. Stefan Al-Sharari came on. Um, it added a bit more pace and a bit more dynamism up top. I was unlucky for Vinaldum because he's played really well since coming back from injury. Feyenoord had some chances. There was a save from close range uh, by Rui Bruticcio. Um Cristante had an effort wide. Pellegrini had an effort wide. There was a, a free kick saved by Justin Bilo and then a free kick blocked into the wall. First half was, it had its moments. What were you at half time? Were you just thinking, just get a goal and it could change the complexion of the tie? Oh, yeah. The, the first half, I thought uh, Roma did well enough uh, to push for a goal ultimately didn't come where also I thought Feyenoord, you know, they had that, that chance in front of, I don't know how they, uh, 
I don't know how Rui Patricio. I mean, it, it I know how he came that it was straight at him, but yeah. that's good goalkeeping pe- positioning as well. Mm-hmm. So I give credit. You still got to save it, whether it's straight at you or not. Uh, what a wonderful save. Um, that first half gave me some hope. And like I said, throughout the whole match, uh, hope and confidence that Roma would go get another goal. And so, yeah, from the first half point of view, I thought Roma were in a good state. I thought they were they played well enough, and I you knew second half um, to me anyways. When I thought at halftime, I, I knew they were going to find a way to break through. So uh, I was pretty content with the first half. Second half, Roma did get the goal, but it was in very very strange circumstances. Um, it did go out for a corner. Roma took throw in, long throw in ish. Bellotti flicked it on. Pellegrini. Sort of tried a chest and volley, bicycle kick, came to spin it solo, hit it, and it came off. Oh, who did it come? Was it Yakenbash or someone else? And it deflected in. It went to VAR due to a handball, um, but 1 0 on the night. One, an unexpected goal scorer in spin it solo, but he, he was there in the right place. Then there was one of the turning points of the, of the tie and the game overall was Chris Morning's injury. Um, Ibanez came on for Lorente. Lorente was involved in that Jimenez incident. And uh, Lorente's done really well when he's came in. But Ibanez, he did well when he came on and he was involved in a goal later on. And we'll talk about that. But the Smalling injury was, it hit Roma because it pretty much came in at a time where they were trying to maybe see it out or take it to extra time or get that second killer goal that was the one turning point the second one was the goal what was it two minutes later from Pak Shao it was a great header and a great ball in but the defense was nowhere like a Banyard's dropped off and it just left this massive gap um but yeah there was silence you couldn't hear a pin up because there was no um uh Fairnord fans in the stadium those were the two, the, the two turning points in the space of a couple of minutes. And then the third one was the tactical switch to a 4-2-3-1 with Celic on one side and Spinazzola on, on the other. And then uh, we talked about it just a minute ago with the Dybala goal. And that goal had been coming because there was chances and Roma were amped up the pressure. I think it was 88, 42 or 43 he scored. But those, that like 10, 15 minutes, you've got three components of, of just, the, it changed the complexion of the tie because Feyenoord with 10 minutes to go, were cruising and were going through. You had the Smalling injury, the Pachau goal, the Bala goal, the, and then extra time happened. Extra time killed Feyenoord they were out on their feet that Dybala goal changed the game completely their confidence was shot but on the flip side for Roma it was pandemonium wasn't it because the you, the smaller injury low the conceding the goal low a change of shape and then the Dybala goal a high and then you go into extra time in as a high and then you score in extra time twice, and we'll come on to that afterwards. But 
yeah, it was that last 15 minutes of the f- second half was just a, an emotional roller coaster. Your, your lows and then the massive high right near the end. Yeah, uh, we, we experienced everything, like I always say, we experienced during the season. I thought a, a little bit of a low point. I didn't mention the first half uh, part of the review. Um, even when Genie went down, I thought Roma were doing really well up until that injury. That's why they still fairly did well. But that, was a, that wasn't a turning point. But, I mean, that could have foreshadowed the way the rest of the tie was going. But then coming into that second half, I mean – we start off on the front foot. Uh, remember, just seconds after, right off the kickoff, actually, Pellegrini hit the post, mm. which was our 27th post of the season. And But you knew from there, Roma were, were into it. They were going to get something. And finally, I'll say sort of luck went their way. I mean, the referee made a wrong call in terms of a corner to a throw-in. Uh, we we got a, a little bit of a deflection on Spinozola's shot, but... It ended up finding that I think Roma still did well in creating some chances um, where I thought Feyenoord um, still had some some parts of possession uh, with it. And then once Smalling got injured, I was like, oh, boy. Yeah, me too. Like, this isn't good. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I like all our center backs. I do. If But if there's one thing marking-wise, like I always say, playing in the middle – is still different from playing from the outside. The outside, you can be a little more aggressive. Uh, usually, it's different ways of marking. And I never liked... Um, I still don't know about Lorente because we haven't seen him there. But for Ibanez and Mancini, I, I don't prefer them in the middle. I think they're better on the outside, being more uh, aggressive as they are. But uh, obviously, Mourinho had no choice because he already took off Llorente. So that was just a bit of bad fortune because if, if Smalling got injured while Llorente was on, I don't think he brings on Celic. I mm. think he would keep Llorente and then bring on Ibanez. Ibanez yeah. yeah. So when Celic came on, uh, both he and Ibanez, uh, a little more so on Ibanez, but if you watch it, Scott, Celic pushed up to, to nowhere. There were about three to four guys running into that box and – Mancini was marking one guy, and then you're right, Ibanez just backs off, backs off, mm. wide open space, Pachau scores. I was I was down. That was definitely another low, but Roma was fighting. Really, after they scored, I went to, to look at it. That period of uh, when Pachau scored to when Dybala scored, Roma had chances. They hit their 28th post of the season. Again, the most by any team in Europe. In I, th- I believe it's the top five leagues or like five or six, five, I think ahead of like Manchester City and some other team that they mentioned. So we've been unlucky there. Ibanez had supposed there was a Cristante header. There were a couple other chances, a couple other shots. The disallowed one- goal as well before uh, Abraham scored, before, when it was 1 0, before um, Pat Shaw scored. Sorry to interrupt. Abraham had a goal disallowed for a push. Not That's for- right. Cristante scored, but it was for the head of for the push. It was that's a right. slight push. But if that happens in the middle of the pitch, that's a foul. So it should happen on all. That was a foul. That And then a couple of minutes later, Feyenoord scored. And it's just, the, oh, gosh. Yeah, cause you're right. Because there was a high of we thinking Cristante scored and they called it back. Mm. And then, then Pachau scored. Then all those chances happened. And then... 
the link up, Pellegrini hitting Dybala, Dybala making that wonderful turn, that goal, like I said, to elevate the ball uh, over the defender and into the, the far corner while being on the floor. It actually reminded me of the goal he scored late against Lazio for Juventus. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'll never forget that goal either. I was I was watching that game. I was, uh, so was I, yeah. That yeah, was and he scored that goal. Uh, yes, yeah. yes, because I was cheer. I remember cheering. I, I think that game I was cheering for Juventus because I uh, for Champions League places for Roma, and I remember they uh, when DiBala scored that goal, I was like, wow! And he kind of it gave me those those type of vibes, really, when he scored that goal yesterday. And that second half uh, was just was magnificent. Apart from the goal, it was magnificent. But they had to adjust. Uh, it didn't work at first, but in the end, it worked. In the end, I thought. Um, I thought Mourinho bring on Chelik was was fine. I think he had to. He had no other choice. Just I don't know that that one instance of him playing that third center half, Scott. Uh, it didn't give me much confidence. But what I like with Mourinho uh, is he ended up s- switching because he was down to the four back. And when we get mm. into the extra time part to review, he kept it. So. I don't know if you notice, even when the tie was tied, even though it was 2-2 on aggregate, he kept that shape in extra time. He did, because, yeah. Because it was it was more you can tell it was more comfortable, which is key. Cause maybe I don't know if Old Mourinho would have done it. I don't know if um you know if people or coaches, sorry, who are conservative would do it, but when they score, I would tend to think Roma would go back to uh, three defenders and then the wing backs, but he didn't. He kept it. He knew Feyenoord was out of energy. And yeah, when we get to extra time, I'll, I'll mention it as well. But I really like that. He kept that shape. And ultimately, that was a great, a, the best choice you could have made because that probably won us a tie because in extra time, we were all over them. Yeah, I think he changed it back to a three for the second half of extra time when he brought Kumbula on. Yeah, that's when the tie was over, that's for sure. That's the tie was done, yeah. Um, Bilo did pull off a save on Dybala right near the end. That was a very good save. Bilo is a very good goalkeeper, and I think he will. I think he's just coming back from injury. Um, but I, he was, if I'm not mistaken, on some of the websites we were talking pre-pod, he was Feyenoord's man of the match. Um, that goal did, uh, I'm going to repeat myself, it changed the complexion of the tie. And the game overall, because Feyenoord were were shattered. I think they were mentally and physically shattered. They put a lot of energy in in that. They were they were out of it. They were going through with just a few minutes left to go. They didn't want the extra thirty minutes because uh, they, they thought that the game was won. Um, but then extra time happened. Stefan Alshirari scored with a wonderful team goal. And you, you're thinking, okay, this tie is changing, and it's it's going in Rome. It's uh, it's going in one way, and it's going in Roma's favour. Great team goal, Al Sharari, unsung hero. I think he played in four different positions yesterday. I think he played left wing back, right wing back, left midfield, right midfield. Um, he did a he did an absolute brilliant job. He was taken off at half time of extra time for Marash Kumbula. Then you've got the, the Lorenzo Pellegrini open goal um, from open play, sorry, in the, in the 
second half. That that pretty much ended it. There was a VAR check. The guy, uh, one of the co-commentators on BT Sports said, oh, yeah, he looks half a yard offside. Nah, he was onside. VAR, VAR was like, hold my beer. Uh, but no. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it was it, extra time, good. There was good, some tactical play. As you say, Mourinho went with the 4-2-3-1 with... Matic and Cristante. I will talk about Matic because 114 minutes in, he's making a lung-busting play up upfield. My man in the match, unreal. Um, but then he switched it to like the three four two one when Roma were four one up. But extra time was good, wasn't it? It, 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 it Roma scored at the right time. So was it one o one and one o eight, which is half near the end of the first half and right at the beginning of the second half and it's got it two really really good goals but it pretty much eased the tension in the stadium a little bit wouldn't it Joey because you're thinking in the back of your mind the dreaded P word if oh yeah happens. yeah I but, mean I was thinking it for sure so was I <laughs> Uh, but no, they uh, they 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 really came out full force uh, that extra time. I don't know where they found the energy for some of their players, but wow, mm. they really took it to Feyenoord that second half. Uh, sorry, that extra time, and um, uh, and they were just dominant in in uh, that that uh, that period from from the beginning to the end. What I think really turned it for Feyenoord, um, what kind of brought down their confidence apart from the energy levels was Jimenez in extra time right at the beginning had a wonderful chance which he skied it over, he the, skied bar. over the bar yeah yeah so, close he range. Dis- yeah so he was disappointing and just from that point on Roma uh took the reins and really brought it to them Scott I, I look I think over over that period just Roma ended it you know uh putting their dominance on Feyenoord, I thought they had the better, I thought they were the better team over the two ties. We mentioned pre-pod about the XG, uh, Scott. They ended with, they ended that game with a over five XG. I think we uh, we said, what was it? 505, right? Yeah. Feyenoord's 118. Arctic Monkeys song, 505. If we're an Arctic <laughs> Monkeys fan back in the day. But yeah, there was, I think there was other report, other XG reports of it being plus five. Yeah, there, there's two or three that were definitely five and over. So Roma really, really had the chances. And they, they made good on, I mean, they scored four, right? So usually Roma is one for XG where they ma- uh, massively underperformed. And this game, they didn't. On the biggest, probably one of their biggest games of season, biggest stage, they really came through. And they didn't allow much. If uh, Scott, the, the goal that the Pachau scored, that second half at XG, it was only 0.15 for, for Feyenoord. They didn't really have much, but they still ended up getting a goal. It's crazy how well Roma... I know it was poor marketing, but it's crazy how Roma do well. Mm. And just some of these goals they gave up are, are not expected to be goals. So, But still, overall, uh, they just... Once Jimenez missed that chance, uh, then they just... You can just tell Roma were... were just the energy they had were going to go on to win it. The, uh, win it. the team, the, sorry, the fans pushed them forward. Great team goal. Abraham, uh, he didn't score, but, I mean, he did well. He had another goal contribution, another assist. Uh, great team goal. Um, 
he didn't score either an extra time. Great save by uh, Billow. Mm. Um, he was but, offside. He was offside in the first half of extra time for that one. So if it, oh yeah, sorry. I was mentioning the um, the goal that uh, Pellegrini ended up scoring. I mm. mean, Abraham had the chance, right? Yeah. He didn't he didn't score, but I mean, it was part of the play. So great on him. I, I think he really helped us, uh, and we just yeah, <laughs> that was it. We dominated fine hard that extra time, and well, we're on through to the semis. Yeah, Roma's third semi-final in European football in the last three seasons. Two in a row with Mourinho. And four and six, right? Yeah, four and six. He had the Champions League run in 17-18. Did, yeah. did you see, Scott, who's the only other team to make three European semi-finals in a row? Roma's one of them now. There's only two teams that have done it. Oh, which country do they play in? Uh, I'll say it, but it's going to give it away. Spain. Um... One of them has to be Real Madrid. Yeah, it's what it's Real and Roma. Ah, yeah, yeah. Because remember, Real Madrid did they win three Champions Leagues in a row? They won uh, four, I think. Four. I'm pretty sure it's four. Yeah, three or four. I'm just thinking because they won in they won in Lisbon, Barcelona won in Berlin. They won. Yeah, they won three in a row because they won. Um, 16 in Milan, 17 in Cardiff. It was three, yes. 18 in Kiev. In Kiev. Yeah, so it's three and it's four and four and five. Yeah, four and five. Yeah, because yeah, Roma got 27-18 for the Champions League semi-final against Liverpool. Um, 20-20-21, the Europa League chaotic game against Manchester United. Last season against Leicester, and then up in a couple of weeks against Bayer Leverkusen, which is going to be interesting. It's the the master against the apprentice. Um, would also mention that Jimenez did also get sent off via VAR <laughs> in added time for that challenge on Mancini, who um, just laughed it off. And it was quite comical right near the end. And then, yeah, it was. There was a part of me wishes yesterday. I was in. I was in Rome to watch that. But I was it, glad Mancini didn't uh, try to sell anything or fault yeah, anyone, like yeah. see most players. Because in the first half, and I believe it was, uh, was it Jimenez again? Where the, look the whole Fati incident. Oh, he went down like he was shot. Yeah, someone look, shot him. Fati, I, look, I'm. I, I don't know the rules about uh, a coach, you know, trying to grab or touch another player, but clearly Fati, what he's trying to do was help, um, I think it was Llorente. Get it was Llorente, yeah. Yeah, but the player is throwing the ball away. Like, I mean, that if that is not time-wasting, I, I don't understand how you may not get carded for it. Like, it just... It doesn't make sense. Like the the ball is clearly out of bounds. You're taking the ball and you're throwing it away. Like w- w- the coach, you, you know, you're trying to you're grabbing it from the coach and the player. The the player and the coach are trying to get the ball. So I I don't understand that incident. So look, I thought Anthony Taylor, apart from a, a few instances, had an okay game. But yeah, it did well. That, inc- that that incident and the only other one was uh, was I don't know how this is second time in a row and I just have to express my frustration. FIFA, is it FIFA? Yeah, yeah, me too. How he did not get sent off for pulling Rui Patricio's jersey when he was already on a yellow? 
The yeah. commentator even says, like, if he wasn't on a yellow, that would be a yellow. It shouldn't be that way. If it's merited a yellow, whether he's on one or not, it's a yellow. How do you not get a yellow card for stopping a Roma counterattack by pulling the goalie's, uh, the goalkeeper's jersey? I don't know how you don't get a yellow card for that. He should have been sent off in both games. Oh, just- definitely. Definitely. Two stupid yellows he could have had in the first leg. And then he's, he, he's the one who scored the goal in the first leg and in the second leg. Was it the foul on Cristante where you could see the blood through the socks? Yes. Uh, yeah, through that, the was, shin. that was even another incident. I, yeah. I, I was more heated, though, on the pulling of the goalie's jersey on Patricio. I don't know how you don't get a yellow card for that. I really do. They called the foul. I just... Uh, that's that's like stopping a counterattack in no matter what area on the pitch, besides last man, of course, you always get a yellow card. How is that not a matter? How is, does that not merit a yellow card? I don't know. I, I don't understand sometimes how these refs process how these cards, like how giving yellow cards work. I, I really don't know. Oh, that's the interpretation of the game. Um, so the Europa League semifinals are going to be interesting, aren't they, Joey? Yeah, they are. We uh, we got the surprise the surprise uh, upset in Sevilla. Mm, mm, be Man United three now. Bayer yeah. Leverkusen won. Is it five one against Union Saint Gerard? Um and then uh, Juventus got through away in Portugal, and then Roma won last night. Potentially, there could be one or two Italian clubs in the final. Um, Italian clubs in European competition this season have done really well. There's Five teams. Yeah, five teams. So you've got the two Milanese clubs, Juventus and Fiorentina. So Fiorentina have got Basel. Um, oh, who West Ham got in the other one? It's, oh, my mind's gone, but I apologise. Um, Milan derby and derby della Maddalena. It's just going to be wonderful for the Champions League. And you've got Manchester City, Real Madrid. Could we get a potential of Italian clubs winning all three competitions? Yeah, there's a possibility. I think the uh, the biggest possibilities are probably in Europa League and Conference League. I, I really feel strong about uh, Fiorentina. I know they, they didn't look the greatest against Lech yesterday. They won. But, they won four one in the first leg. Yeah, so they kind of fell up. But Scott Lech came back to tie it. They were up three mm. zero uh, until Fiorentina pulled two goals back. So they actually tied the score in Florence, which I was really surprised. But they ended up pulling two goals back, and they went through. Uh, they went through on aggregate. So good for them. Now they play Basel. I think they have another good opportunity, and it's uh, Alkmaar that plays uh, West. Ah, Ham. yes, Ace at Alkmaar. Um, Roma's favorite team because they knocked out Lazio. Yes. Yeah, ex- exactly. Yeah. And um, I'm, um, I like Alkmaar. Well, not against Fiorentina. I hope, I hope, I hope uh, Alkmaar do well and then lose to Fiorentina in the final. They have a, they have a player, Scott, who did really well in Montreal, who transferred there from FC Montreal in the MLS. So uh, I, I want Alkmaar to do well for him. He was a really good, he's like a, how, how do I say, like the Dybala version of Rome, the way he plays, he did that for basically for Montreal. Obviously not at the same level, but the same type of player-ish. Yeah. yeah, so he did really well for us here um, in the MLS. So I hope Alkmaar do well, but in the end, I I really want Fiorentina to win that. 
Uh, I I think those I think those two have the biggest potential. Obviously, Champions League is going to be hard, isn't it? Because yeah, I think there will be a team in the final, which I will say I I, I think it's going to be Milan. That's me. I think Milan's going to make the final, but either one, it's it will be a tough final whether they play Madrid or City. So oh, Man City, yeah, yeah, and I'm conflicted with the Europa League. Uh, two teams I really don't like. Uh, Juventus for obvious rival reasons and I mean there's somebody that works in Sevilla who will not be named that uh, is not very well liked in the uh, Roma Roma community so his, uh, I think the anniversary of his the starting out at Roma is coming up soon he, I think he started in um, in April of 2017 I've just got to find it because I wrote about it um it, yeah. it is around April, yes. Uh, yeah, he joined in April 2017. Uh, April 24th. So, so three days. Monday. Uh, you're going to... Uh, there's a tweet for me to send out. <laughs> but no. Scott, if they go on to win the Europa League after having it, such their, a shit it, season... It's I their title, win. though, isn't it? They've won it. It is. is. Is it six times? They won it oh six oh seven oh seven oh eight. They won three straight and then three straight. So yeah, six. Yeah, thirteen, fourteen. Yeah, they're. I I know it's their title, Scott, but it's still a surprise. Like I never ever thought they would have passed Manu. Those the no. season that Sevilla are having, where they were close to relegation throughout most of the year, and now they're they're like thirteenth or something or twelfth because they've had, they've uh, had uh, two or three consecutive wins, or they've been doing a little better. I would have never thought they would have beaten Manu over two legs. I just, I, I do not want to see them win it. I would be livid to see, again, someone I cannot name be happy that they're in the Champions League after being in the bottom ten, bottom half of the table in the La Liga. I just, I cannot, I do not want to see this. They are on their third coach of the season, so they sat Lopetegui, who is now the Wolves manager and has done a really good uh, job at Wolves. Jorge Sampaoli got sacked and now he's in Brazil to be the Flamengo manager. Um, he was in the stands as Flamengo started off their Brasileiro campaign last weekend. And they've got Mendy Libar, who is their third coach of the season. They they won away at Valencia 2-0 on Sunday. I think what changed the game in, for that one in the Man United tie was the two own goals right near the end. Oh, if yes. They, if if United win that 2-0, they're through. But that goes to 2-2. Then you see the two dodgy goals they conceded last night. And that stadium was rocking. Yeah, that when that stadium is full, it, it it's like Rome it's like most stadiums in Europe and worldwide. It it's it's mental. But there's gonna be some interesting ties in Europe in the next couple of weeks. Uh, it all kicks off in May. Um, never know. There could be an all-Italian final, which could be interesting. Mourinho in another final, but that's not going to put any disrespect on Bayer Leverkusen, who have done really well under Chubby Alonso since he's come in. They they look a really, really good team. He's doing really well. Yeah, May the 11th. It's going to be very, very interesting to watch. Yeah, it will be. Uh, they I remember Leverkusen not starting off the greatest. Uh, they didn't do all really well in their Champions League group. They ended up with five points. They finished third, uh, didn't they, with Porto, Club Bruges, Bruges and Atletico, and Atletico who finished bottom. Bottom, <laughs> yeah. yeah, which was shocking. 
but uh, they didn't start off well, but they're doing well now. Uh, they've done a lot better. Um, they had an easier tie last go around. I mean, I don't know much about Union saint Gerois. They have some decent players, but I, I think against Fenevaros, I, I don't think it was a strong tie for them. I, I think they, they got the weaker end of the draw, but take nothing away. They won brilliantly yesterday in Belgium. Um, they're doing better in um, in uh, Bundesliga. They're sick, up to six now. So, uh, again, Roma have to be fully concentrated. I know we'll do a preview before the match, but like it is just when we get to it, be fully concentrated, take nothing away from their opponents and keep doing what you're doing. There is two key players to watch out for, which is Florian Verts, who's just come back from a cruciate knee injury, and uh, Diaby, the exciting Diaby. French, French pacey, uh, direct attacking, uh, what would you say, wide, wide attacker, winger, a, a lovely left foot. He, he's just wonderful. And they've got Adam Horshak, who they signed from one of the Prague clubs. I think it, it was Sparta Prague, and he's finally coming into his own. Um, and it's the return of a certain other Czech striker, isn't it? Yes, it is. Uh, I hope Schick. he could do well against us, but yeah. Yeah, Patrick Schick um, against Roma. But we will talk more about the Europa League semi-final uh, when, we, when we get to that. Um, you wanted to talk about a certain thing. Do you want to talk about Dybala in your, in your love letter, or should we leave that, or... Do you want to talk about a, a 15 points um, reintroduction to a certain club? Um, you want to you wanted to go off the long run run about it? Oh yes, and uh, Scott, after we'll keep to the end. I do want to mention the whole um, incident with Mourinho and Slot at the uh, the final yeah. whistle. I don't know if you remember seeing it. Yeah, and the uh, then the Dutch journalist who got a keychain, <laughs> and Mourinho. Uh, you know what? I'll mention it now before and I'm going to points. And and Mourinho telling uh, Slot to uh, respect and go watch Napoli because he wouldn't shake his hand. I mean, that's just. I mean, you can't shake the guy's hand. I just hope we don't have to hear anything from Slot for the next uh, year or so. It's just, uh, I'm I'm yeah. glad it's over. And also. Um... Mourinho, was it to Sky Sport Italia uh, about Cassano also? Oh, yes. Yes, he, he asked him if he was watching. Have you got any? Uh, yeah, we've got our pundits. Well, yeah, so, yeah, some sort of note. But yeah, um, I'll let you go about um, Juventus and their 15-point reintroduction, which makes um third. Yeah, so on the 15 points, we all expected uh, Juventus to get the points back. We said it last pod, and we've said it time and time again. Look, if you watch, I even sent you the video, Scott, if you watch, uh, Mourinho even says he's like uh, third, but aren't we fourth? We are in Italy. Like, even he knew the way Allegri was speaking about it. Concerning the 15 points, I can never say whether it's justified or not. It is hard to tell if there are capital gains you know, being come from it from, uh, uh, from uh, you know, inflating prices for players. Just the amount of evidence that was shown, I just don't get how Juventus, the team itself does not get penalized, but all the board members besides Nedved, because Nedved's been uh, removed, I believe. He's been reinstated, but everybody else has bans from Agnelli to Paratici, all those guys, so if they're doing illegal 
deals, uh, you know, if they're doing illegal things on the market, they're not properly evaluating players. How are they getting banned, but the team is not getting penalized for it? That's something it just doesn't sit well with me because I, I would think if the leaders are doing something wrong, the team should be punished. Now, people will say, well, it's not on the players, not on the teams. Well, yes, it does affect the team. If you're inflating uh, prices for, for transfer deals, it just means your books are more in order. It means you have the rooms to take better players. It's clear as day and everybody can see it. Now, Juventus are, are sort of suffering because they're, they're being, obviously, they're being under watch. They can't do the deals they did in the past. But the deals previously, all those loan deals, those deals for, uh, we mentioned Storaro, we mentioned Mandragora, we mentioned stuff like Panish, that helps Juventus get better players. I don't know if people can see that or not, but doing these transfer deals helps Juventus have he- healthier bank accounts and healthier, uh, m- uh, sorry, room, let's just say, to make other transfers. That's the way it works. If Juventus couldn't make these capital gains, they wouldn't have been able to get stronger players because they would go under FFP or, as they say, financial fair play from UEFA. So the fact that they got their points, I'm not happy with it, Scott. I don't know what your thoughts are. Uh, It's not because I'm a Roma fan. It's just we know that they've done it. Journalists have reported of how they've been infiltrating the market illegally. So... Unfortunately, this is how it is. Even Pinto said it. He's like, it, the mechanism is wrong. Roma were in, you know, were in a wrong, let's say, uh, spot in the, the standings for three months. It's just, it's completely wrong. So everyone has voiced their frustration on it. I'm not the only one. I don't think it's right. I think they should be penalized in some way. Maybe it shouldn't be the 15 points. I don't know. But they should be. the team should be penalized in some way. And hopefully uh, justice does us right because there is, at the end of the season, um, there's going to be another court appeal, I think, from the FIGC, and they're going to reevaluate this. And, yeah, hopefully hopefully they do things right. What are your thoughts on this? Um, I think we all sort of knew probably Tuesday that they were going to get the points back. I think we all knew it was going to happen. And I was expecting the meltdown on social media. I didn't really get to see it. Um, it does stink a little bit. It's stuck in the grow of like, you do see those, the capital gain deals that they had. I do completely agree what you said. Um, it's been going on for a while. Like they've basically got a free loan of a player that's playing in their midfield now for two years in Locatelli from Sassuolo. I think they pay 40 million euros for him at the end of the summer. Um, it's been going on for a while. It's, I think it's pissed off a lot of fans of other clubs, but hopefully there is, as you said, there is potentially maybe light at the end of the tunnel. It just means that everyone around that league now, around Juventus, is like, oh, the, the, I think the mentality will change in the clubs now. Do you reckon on the pitch for the next eight or so games? Uh, it's, it's us against them. Where 
teams who have been pushing for Europe, like Roma are fourth. I think Inter and Milan are fifth and sixth. Like Atalanta and Bologna are just outside, but there is going to be like OSS against them now. Yeah, for that for yeah. that fourth spot or third spot, and it's just like here we go again because a part of me reckons that. You never know. Juve could win the Europa League and get back into Europe. <laughs> it could happen, and they could get a Champions League spot during that. But no, who knows? Um, I think this will be long-winded. Also, it won't go away for a long, long while. But yeah, nor that it shouldn't, Scott. Sorry to no. interrupt. It it um, it it just feels over the last few years we're being hard done by not just Roma the other teams other around. Clubs are, yeah, you 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 need so much for for a team just to just to battle against Juventus be from the pass of the referees to this just to beat them in the standings you need to you need to do so much extra than just winning on the field it seems that that's how I always feel about playing Juventus Milan. Inter and I, I would say to a case, uh, oh, although Napoli De Laurentiis has done an amazing job in terms of uh, managing the books in a legal way and finding gems in now uh, Cravascalia and having Osimen, even though the Osimen deal, we're not sure about you know how it went down. It didn't look well right with the uh, some players never playing for Lille, but but anyways, they did a fantastic job of building a team the correct way. Just when it comes to Juventus, when Roma, because as a fan, Scott, Roma have finished how many times below Juventus? Too many to count for me. Quite a lot recently. Exactly. And you just look at it and you see they have all these players, but the the rest of the league is suffering, having to sell players, having to cut down. But Juventus don't. Now they do, yes, and they're suffering. But in the past, when all this was happening, they did not. And you just... I don't know. You just feel, Scott, it's just like you try to put all your emotions and watching this. You want your team to do well. If you lose on the field, it's fine. But if there's things going off the field that are illegal, it hurts. For me, For me, it hurts because you, you put so much emotion in this just to be hard done by because Juventus are know the way around the rules, know how to have connections with different teams. That's why it just, to me, there's just something extra makes me don't like about them. And that's one of them. I have a picture, Scott, and I'll never get rid of this. There's about five or six players that are considered either very mediocre or not even good enough to play in either Serie A or at least top half of the table, like Odero. We were mentioning Storaro. All those players that were sold by Juventus made up about 100-something million, which allowed them to bring Cristiano Ronaldo. And this guy scored a, over a hundred goals for Juventus. They won a champ. They won a, a Serie. A. You know, they uh, they did okay, I guess, in Champions League. Well, not even too great. But if you don't have a Cristiano Ronaldo, who who's to say you'll win that Serie A that mm. season? It, that's that's what I'm saying. Is these capital gains helped Juventus be where they were in the last few years? I'm not taking away their history. I mean, they've done well all the way up into the whole um, referee scandal in 2005. But it's just, it's incredible. They're not the only team. Trust me. Don't get me wrong. A lot of teams do it. 
Barcelona, they're in oh, trouble. Barcelona have been doing it this last that the whole summer. What they they've managed to bring in, they spent fifty million on Lewandowski. Uh, what was it? Sixty five million on Rafinha. Kessier was a free transfer. Christensen was a free transfer. Uh, Eric Garcia was a free transfer. They spent fifty million on Ferran Torres. Like that was that went Brazilian. That was supposed to be Spanish. Ferran Torres from uh, Manchester City. They're looking to spend money on um, uh, Angelo from Santos. Um, there's an, a couple of other players, and they don't have the money. Well, they're going to do another lever management. Um, you you mentioned the the Juventus of 2018. Was it? Storaro, was it to Genoa? There was, was Ordero. Ordero to Sampdoria. Mandragoa, was it that to Udinese? Yeah, for about 20 million. Was that Alberto Cherry also to Cagliari for about 9 million? Yeah, and if you add all those tallies up, there's about there's another one or two I'm forgetting. I'm actually trying to look at the photo. It equals the transfer of Cristiano Ronaldo. I know, I know it doesn't work in those exact terms. Mm. There's more bureaucracy and there's more complications to it. It's not just in and out. But making all these deals helps Juventus go get strong players. And they always do this. And you can, you know, Scott, they the teams don't actually pay Juventus for this. Or they don't even pay nearly as much uh, for what they do. Because I never hear of Genoa... Udinese teams like this making eighteen to million twenty million dollar transfers for players that mm. is ludicrous. I never hear them do that that's, anywhere else besides Juventus. They don't. That's a whole season's pay. budget, a whole transfer budget, pretty much. Yeah, they don't actually pay Juventus that money. I, I'm almost, I, I can almost guarantee they don't pay that money to Juventus. Mm. They just put it on the books so Juventus obviously can have their books sorted. So that's the frustration I have. They continuously do this time and time again. I just, I, I, I just don't know when it's going to end. It just, it makes us, I love the sport. It's my favorite sport. I love watching it, but this makes me start to start to rethink and question it. Like it puts the sports in a such, such a bad way. It's such a bad state for the, for not just for the league, for the sport itself, even the league Scott, it's a, I'm not going to say it's a dying league, Serie A, but you know it hasn't been what it was. And having things like that doesn't help its case to make it strong again. I'm glad all the teams are, you know, that are doing well in in Europe, like it's showing Serie A to try to come back. But for a league that really has, you know, has been lowering its quality over the past few years because they don't have the money, the rights, deals, teams have had to sell off. This just does not look good in the public eye. So I just hope they find the way to sort this and for it to stop because it doesn't seem Roma go through this. I I'm a, I don't know. From us having to sell Salah, having to sell Allison, all players who have won Champions League, who have won titles elsewhere, to seeing what Juventus does, it just, I, I, it just disappoints me having to go through this time and time again. I just hope it stops. Okay, so I've actually looked on transfer marks. So it was twenty million euros for Mandragora to Udinese, thirty-seven and point seven four million euros for Mattia Caldara to AC Milan. 
Higuain went on loan to um, AC Milan. Then you had um, eight million for Medi Benascio when he went to Qatar. Thomas Rincon for six million to to Torino, and Andrea Favilli went to Genoa for a five million euros loan deal. But yeah, um, and now Favilli's at Tirana. Rincons at Sampdoria, but yeah, um, I think this is going to go on and on and on. Um, do you have anything more before we wrap up? Uh, no, we're not doing the preview on Atalanta, right? No, so, no. yeah, <laughs> too much went into to Thursday. I just yeah. thought, like we mentioned uh, Monday with the injuries to one album Smalling and 120 minutes. Let's just hope Roma. Uh, can do anything to try to seek out a victory. That's all I'll say about it. Yeah, I think it'll be tough because Atalanta are, are pushing for Europe. Um, they drew away at Fiorentina on, was it Monday evening? Um, Wacking Mele scored, and I think Arto Cabral scored. So, yeah, um, I think Atalanta are, are, are not doing great. They're, they're faltering a little bit, but they are still pushing for Europe. And it's it, it's a tough place to go to, even though Roma did win four one there last season in that crazy game just before Christmas um, of twenty twenty one. But yeah, it should be an interesting game to watch. Um, I think we should wrap this up. We went almost fifty five minutes to, to talking about last night, and then the Europa League draw and and some other things. Um, guys, you can follow us at themagicast dot com. And find our previous episodes on the website. You can find all of our episodes on the podcast platforms you use. So Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Podbean, etc., etc., etc. Joey, thank you very much for joining me on this Friday evening. Well, Friday evening for me, Friday late afternoon, probably early afternoon for you. Uh, yeah, thank you again, Scott, and uh, yeah, just uh, Force Aroma. Um, happy Eid to uh, everyone who is celebrating. I hope it goes well for you today. Um, I know Imran was delighted when I messaged him yesterday. <laughs> it's hat today is Eid. Um, so happy Eid to everyone who, who has gone through fasting for Ramadan in the last month or so. I wish you success. Um, once again, uh, thank you guys for listening. Been an absolute pleasure to talk about the emotional roller coaster of yesterday. As you could probably sound in my voice, I'm shattered from even thinking about the game yesterday. Um, I was going to do an analytical screenshots of it, but to be honest, I couldn't. I couldn't go through it again after watching it. Watching it yesterday, I think yesterday was a long day. I was going to do a run run about public transport and train transport, but I will save that for a later day. Um, Enjoy the rest of your week. Enjoy the football over the weekend. And hopefully Roma can get a good result at Atalanta on Monday. Ciao. Ciao.